When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. that could make a wolverine purr on vsin the sports betting network it is our number three of the greg peterson experience on vsin the sports betting network and we've got an absolutely tremendous hour for you as we're going to be talking some oscars and apparently we're going to be continuing to sweat my dk nation pick that i gave out yesterday as currently we're in 90 seconds left in overtime for those of you guys listening to the replay you know Stephen if Austin versus utah tech fair but 71 to 71 in overtime. I know that there are some of you listening that are sweating this out right now. So that is going to be a lot of fun to see how I break down games while dealing with the sweat. But it's always great and it's always relaxing to know that I've got great guests on the flip side because my producer, Jason Kahn, is absolutely terrific. Brian Ortega, who does great work here at the network. And Brian Ortega, by the way, produces the show that comes before me with Wes Reynolds along with Matt Humans. I believe that it is VSIN tonight. You're able to catch that every single weeknight that you get the Greg Peterson experience. So they do an absolutely tremendous job. And Matt is someone that I learned a lot from in the industry as well. So and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking with Brian, a longtime Cunningham, who does a great job over at runyourpool.com. Taking a look at the Oscars, where the value may lie in terms of some of the long shots where it might have dried up a little bit as well and get you guys some perspective there. But we've got a lot that's happening in Lovey Las Vegas this week. The game that I'm currently sweating out with Stephen F. Austin along with Utah Tech is out here. But with that, we've also got the Pac-12 tournament that is going to be starting up as well. And we had a relatively pick'em game that I think is fascinating. 675-676, Utah and Sanford. Pretty much a pick'em cross board. Your total on this game is 136 and... 
such a fascinating circumstance in this game because you've got a Utah team that just has not been themselves when they have been away from home, but it is a Utah team that has been able to do a really good job on defense. They're a top 25 team nationally in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. Defense has faltered a little bit here down the stretch, but by and large, they've been able to do a solid job. Meanwhile, for Utah, offense has been, shall we say, a little bit more optional this year. They are 198th in the country in terms of points scored on a per possession basis, and they're scoring about 18.5 points fewer per one hundred possessions when they do leave home. So that's a big, giant issue. They go up against the Sanford offense, and they themselves see drop off about 8.5 points per one hundred possessions when they do leave home as well. So you've got a pair of teams that they certainly are not at their best when they are away from home, but you do have a Utah team that has, in my opinion, the best player out there on the floor. That would be Brendan Carlson. He stands seven feet tall. He's able to shoot in the mid-30s from three-point range. 16 points, seven boards. He gives you a little bit over a block per contest. I love what he's able to bring to the table. And then Raleigh Worcester. He's going to be the best floor general out there as he is able to supply above eight to nine points, five boards, four assists. So he's been really versatile, actually closer to five assists on Mr. Worcester. So he has not lived up to his name. He has been far from the worst. And you've got Lazar Stefanovic, Marco Anthony, a pair of guys that shoot in the mid-30s from three-point range with Anthony hauling in their six rebounds per game. And it's the same for team that they do it by committee. They're actually a top 55 team in the country in terms of rebound rate. But it is also a Stanford team that... Well, their three-point shooting, it can be very hot and cold. It has been significantly better ever since the middle of January. Over the last month or so, they've been shooting north of 37% for three-point range as a committee, and it's all about keeping up with the Joneses, as Michael Jones has been able to supply you with about 9.5 points per game, and then Spencer Jones. He throws in there about 14.5 points per game, shooting in the high 30s from three-point range. With Stanford, though, you just don't know if this team is going to be able to take care of the ball. They're a bottom 100 team in terms of total possessions per game. They're a squad that turns the ball over right around about 12 and a half times per game as well. So you do have your issues with Stanford being able to take care of the ball. And for Stanford, really where they see the biggest home and road woes is a little bit more in regards to their defense. For Utah, it's their offense that takes a little bit of a step down. For Sanford, it's a little bit more of the defense. They are 171st in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, and they give up 11.3 points more per 100 possessions when they are away from home. I do think that Carlson is going to be the best player out there on the floor. Harrison Ingram has just never lived up to his billing of being a top 50 recruit for Sanford, and that's a big reason why this team has been underachieving. And against the spread, Sanford is actually better than they are straight up. It's very rare that you find... A power conference team that's 13 and 18 straight up, but is actually has a above 500 record against the spread. That is the case for Sanford, but I do think that Utah is going to be able to get the job done in this spot. I did set them as more of a three-point favorite, and with the total, I did set mine at a 136. I think that this is relatively correct what we're seeing right now here at Circa, seeing a 136 half. That would begin to be my buy point on the under. You do have a pair of teams that rank outside the top 230 in terms of total possessions per game. You've got a Sanford team that has been able to do a much better job with their offense recently. And T-Mobile Arena, just from being here, watching a lot of these games, it is very shooter-friendly, to say the least. You may recall that big event invitation where you had, like, the Virginia versus Baylor game. You had UCLA and Illinois also do battle out here in lovely Las Vegas. There were just points upon points in that event, certainly. Stanford and also Utah are not quite those offenses, but I do think that... This is an environment that does lend itself to quite a bit of scoring. So 
at anything above a 136, I'm going to be taking a look at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at Utah with this relative pick game. Another event that is happening out here in lovely Las Vegas, that would be the Mountain West Tournament. And I do find this one to be very fascinating as New Mexico fell off the map a little bit towards the back half of the season. Now they need to make a big run in the Mountain West Tournament to be able to make the NCAA Tournament. 663, 664 on the betting board. New Mexico and Wyoming do battle with Wyoming. A 7-7.5 point underdog. Your turn on this game is between 149.5 and 150. Now you've got a Wyoming team that is actually one of the slowest teams in all of college basketball. Among your 363 D1 teams, they are a bottom 100 team in terms of possessions per game. And reason why they've had to throttle down their tempo so much is because of all the injuries that they've had. I mean, Wyoming, other than Hunter Maldonado, have just not been able to keep anyone healthy. Jeremiah Odin has become their number two scorer, which that's not terrific. And Maldonado, he's been Mr. Do-It-All for this team. He's able to supply you with right around 14 and a half points. He's able to give you about four and a half boards, four assists. So he's been able to do a rock-solid job for this team, but he just hasn't had any support around him. Meanwhile, you take a look at the flip side for New Mexico, and you've got Jamal Mashford Jr. along Jalen Ellis. Both of these guys have been able to combine for north of 36 half points per game, and a lot of the woes that we saw for New Mexico in late January, early February, House was dealing with a little bit of an injury ever since he's come back fully healthy. It's been a New Mexico team that has been a little bit of a different unit. Now, with New Mexico, we have seen the defense slide a little bit with this team. They were a team that towards the beginning part of the season, they were doing a much better job with their defense. They were a top 75 defense in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. And now they have fallen out of the top 100, but it is a New Mexico squad as well that does have a pair of guys down low that are going to be able to completely dominate on the boards. That would be Josiah Alec along with Maurice Uduze. Uduze has been able to give you 16 points per contest. These two guys have combined for 16 and a half rebounds per game in Wyoming. As one guy, that would be Hunter Thompson, that is able to give you north of five rebounds per game. I do think that that's where this battle is going to be lost for Wyoming. I just don't think that they're going to be able to hold up on the glass. And this is a big-time revenge spot for New Mexico as well. In one of the games that they were missing, Jalen House, they got completely destroyed in that game by a count of 70-54. to 54. They just could not buy a shot to go to save their lives. So I do think that this is a circumstance where New Mexico coming out very hungry. You saw KJ Jenkins was able to shoot it well from three-point range. And with Wyoming, they had three players enter into the program from the Pac-12 that transferred in. All three guys essentially got kicked off of the team. So I do take a look at this Wyoming team. They just seem to be a bit disjointed at this point. They've been able to rally themselves a little bit, but I do think that even with Hunter Maldonado doing all that he's been able to do, it's not going to be enough for Wyoming to be able to stay in this game. I did set New Mexico as a 10-point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay the number in for New Mexico. They have been cranking up the tempo. They're one of the fastest teams in all of college basketball. While Wyoming is a very slow team, they have been finding themselves in quite a few shootouts because they just flat out don't play any defense. So as a result, I did set my total of 152. This is going to be played at the Thomas and Mack Center. So a natural environment for both of these teams as... That's where the UNLV running Rebels play. So I'm going to be willing to lay the number with New Mexico, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over as well. And then there's a wrong team favorite sort of ordeal, and it's happening in the Mountain West as well. 659, 660 on the board. Colorado State and Fresno State do battle, as Colorado State is a two-point favorite with a total between 133.5 and 134.5. And it's a circumstance where I'm going to be willing to take Fresno State outright on the money line. When it comes to Fresno State, 
This team has been able to do a really nice job on the boards recently as they have been giving more minutes to Eduardo Andre. Overall for the season, he's been able to give the team right around 7.9 points in that neighborhood, about six rebounds per game, but he was really relegated to the bench for much of the beginning part of the season. Isaiah Moore was really that primary <clears throat> was really that primary guy that you were taking a look at down low. He goes down with an injury, and then the minute that he went down with an injury in mid to late January, you saw him go off for three straight double-doubles, and Eduardo Andre has really been able to help out a Fresno State team that they just don't treat it well from three, and these teams are a little bit of opposites with that regard. Both of these teams are slow. Colorado State is outside the top 275 in terms of total possessions per game. You've got a Fresno State team that they rank in the bottom 25 in terms of possessions per game, but Colorado State, they bomb it from three, and they play absolutely no defense whatsoever. Colorado State is in the bottom one in terms of points allowed on a bird possession basis. Not to say that Fresno State is the 85 Bears or anything like that. They're clocking in outside the top 175 in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis, but whenever Arduano Andre has been out there on the floor, this team has been able to give you a little bit more of an honest offensive effort. Meanwhile, you've got a Colorado State team that doesn't have a single guy that grabs north of five rebounds per game, which means that Andre should be able to have his way with that regard, and I do think that that is going to lead to Fresno State, whereas Jamero Baker coming off of a 10 of 11 three-point shooting performance against Chicago State, being able to get the job done in this spot. As a result, I did say Fresno State as a one-point favorite, taking them on the money line. Two very slow, controlled teams. Last time these two teams played, neither team got past 60, so as a result, I did also set my total at a 131. I'm diving under, and I'm taking Fresno State outright on the money line, and coming up next, we're taking a look at the Oscars with our two good friends, Tom Cunningham over at RunYourPool.com and our very own Brian Ortega right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at 
howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Peterson himself on v the Sports Betting Network. Become a v Pro subscriber. Get everything that you need to bet on the madness this year for just $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against a spread, our team is here to get you ready for every single game and every single round of the tournament. And only v Pro subscribers get unlimited access to our daily best bets, tools like exclusive betting splits, plus our big dance bracket, plus betting guides. These guides feature in-depth breakdowns of all 68 teams, Cinderella selections, bracket predictions, and picks on every single tournament game from decent experts like Brent Musburger and Greg Oops peterson Sign up today and you get the betting guides plus full access to VEASAN all the way through the end of the tournament for just $19. And to do that, you go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and it's great to be joined by our two guests as We've got Brian Ortega, the man that actually produces this show before I come on, along with Tom Cunningham, who does great work over at runyourpool.com. Gentlemen, it's great to have you aboard, and I will lead off with this. Tom will throw it to you. How much value has been sucked out of the Oscars market, and (laughs) is there still ways to be able to catch some really nice plus tickets? Because as we know, this market has been out for quite some time. The awards are going to be named in just a matter of days. Is this a case where there's been a lot of value sucked out of the market or there's still some really good betting opportunities still on the board? Uh, I mean, really after the SAGs, I think most of the value went out the window, but I will say just kind of going through all of the odds right now, um, there is some value out there still. This is going to be a pretty tight race in some categories, uh, particularly the best supporting actress market. Uh, every actress in there pretty much has won a precursor award. Uh, outside Stephanie Hugh and uh, Hong Chow. So you're seeing plus value scattered throughout. Jamie Lee Curtis is now the favorite. I believe that plus 125. Angela Bissett's kind of dropped uh, coming off of her win at the Golden Globes. And Carrie Condon's just kind of floating around at plus 225, plus 250. So I think if you're looking for any category where there is value just littered throughout, uh, it would be the best supporting actress market right now. And then there's two movies that have good value in other categories. Uh, I'll let Brian kind of touch on them too. But All Quiet on the Western Front is one, and Elvis is starting to pick up a lot of steam in a couple different categories. So those would be two movies I eye for value in multiple categories. But the one category I would look for in value would be Best Supporting Actress right now. 
I do think that it's so interesting to take a look at some of these markets as well. And Brian, where is the value that you're seeing it right now in terms of just the overall board? Because we just mentioned with Tom Cunningham, a lot of the value, it does go out the window when you do have the sags. But at the same time, there is still some movies that it feels like they get a little bit of a second win when they do go on to a lot of these streaming networks. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's going to be something kind of going forward that these studios have to think about is releasing the films a lot earlier in the award season, uh, things like November, October, so they can be out sometime around December or January when they start doing the no these nominations, because that's what happened with Banshees of Irishirin. Um, Elvis really got a push once people were able to see these movies and actually, you know, you know, uh, judge them and you know see all these performances at home. But I do agree with Tom. Best supporting actress is one of the best categories in terms of value. Um, I did kind of dive into the numbers a little bit, sort of what is correlated from the SAGs to the Oscars. And in best supporting actress, I did find this little nugget for Jamie Lee Curtis in particular. Um, sh the last ten years of the Oscars and the SAGs, it is correlated that if the best supporting actress wins at the SAGs she will go on to win at the Oscars. So obviously we don't like to stick to trends in terms of you know betting in particular, like in sports, but that's, that's kind of the reason why I do like Jamie Lee Curtis at plus 125. Um, I think that's great value at the moment just because it's really, a, it's a three horse race, but really to me, it's a two horse race between Angela Bassett and Jamie Lee Curtis. But I, I like Jamie Lee Curtis in this category. I think Angela Bassett's got a, got a good shot, but I do like Jamie Lee Curtis here. Um, but going back to things like Elvis, um, I do like Elvis down the sort of down the line, if you will, in things like best makeup and hairstyling, which I got that a little bit earlier before it sort of flipped to a minus number. But that's actually at minus 150, which is actually a very tight number in terms of the Oscars, especially at this point where you're not going to get a lot of those plus money, uh, plus money numbers. I think that that would be kind of a good shot down the road at plus, you know, minus 150 and also best costumes at one, minus 175. But yeah, I think Elvis is definitely running up the board right now. Yep, and another one that is certainly running up the board. Everything, everywhere, all at once. They are now minus 1,100 to win Best Picture. My minions just unfortunately robbed. They didn't want <laughs> yeah. to give it to them because, you know what, they knew that that was the best film of all time rather than the best film of the year. But with that said... Is there any sort of value that could be unearthed with regards to Best Picture? Is there any long shot that might be able to creep up? Or, I mean, is this just a done deal? Uh, I think so. And I brought up All Quiet on the Western Front already. It's now it's now plus 1,000. I, I, look, Everything Everywhere All at Once is, is the best movie of the year to me, and it's going to win Best Picture. But if you're looking for an outside shot, uh, All Quiet really has taken off. Uh, and Best Picture, it's leaped. The Fablemans, it's leaped Banshees of Inishirin, it's leaped Top Gun Maverick. Um, and quite frankly, when I, I remember when watching All Quiet on the Western Front, I thought it was one of the best movies of the year. I actually had Tar and uh, Everything Everywhere ranked a little bit higher than All Quiet. But look, All Quiet on the Western Front for four digits, uh, if you're looking for an outside shot at Best Picture, uh, I like that. And it doesn't just stop there. All Quiet on the Western Front has plus value, uh, near favored value in a few categories. Best score. I actually have Babylon, so I'm rooting, I'm rooting against All Quiet on the Western Front for best score, but best score, it can win. Best adapted screenplay, it also can win. And you're seeing plus value in these markets for All Quiet on the Western Front. So I would explore uh, those two markets, best adapted screenplay and best score, if I must bet on All Quiet on the Western, plunt, uh, Western Front for plus money. 
look, best picture, those four-digit odds, they, they look enticing and they are juicy, and it is possible that uh, it, it wins, but I don't think the Oscars also wants to deal with a backlash of angry people if uh, All Quiet on the Western Front does beat out everything everywhere all at once for best picture. So uh, I think there's other categories to bet All Quiet on for plus value. I just don't think it's the best picture market. And what what markets are you taking a look at, Brian, that you might be able to see a little bit more value on everything everywhere all at once? Because I also know that best director, that I actually think is an even more demonstrative favorite <laughs> at DraftKings right around minus 1,200 right now. So best picture, best director, everything everywhere all at once. I mean, they're completely dominating there. But what are some of the more ancillary markets that you could be able to take a look at and be able to find some better value? So I would say in terms of value for everything, everywhere, all at once, it's really hard to find value for everything, everywhere, all at once, a lot of places, just because it's had such a monster run up to the Oscars, especially starting with the SAGs. Well, really starting with the Producers Guild, where it won uh, for Best Picture, and then we ended up going into the SAGs, where they won Best Ensemble. That's typically a good precursor. They also won... um, they also won, what did they also win? Uh, they won every, uh, Independent Spirit Awards, thank you. They won everything at the Independent Spirit Awards, which is a huge thing for, for this particular type of film. But I think this is actually going back to the screenplay awards in original screenplay, where everything everywhere is actually minus 150. But I think this might be a good place to sort of sneak in some plus money on Banshee's Inner Sheeran, which is at plus 110. This historically used to be a category where you would get a lot of, correlation between best original screenplay and best picture. That's typically what would go. If you won best original screenplay, you'd win best picture. Lately, that hasn't been the case. A lot of times they like to reward a film that was really well done, really well you know, acted, but didn't sort of stack up to the best picture category. And I think that's where Banshee of Air Sharon can maybe sneak in at plus 110, where you can get plus value in one of these particular markets. Um, I do think adapted screenplay, All Quiet has a really good shot at plus 160. I do think it's going to be tough for it to overtake women talking, which a lot of people feel was sort of snubbed in a lot of different categories. Um, but I think it's not a bad shot to play take at 160, but I do think women talking, which I did see finally, and I thought it was a re- it's so, much, so much talking in that particular film. And um, just to kind of close out the best picture sort of talk here, uh, I think it's really hard to t- do anything against everything, everywhere, all at once. I do think every, uh, I do think that, all Quiet on the Western Front, just like Tom said, would have huge backlash because it is a foreign language film. We just had a foreign language film two years, uh, two or three years ago win in Parasite. And I think this is one where they want everything everywhere to win. So I think I'm staying away from that particular category at this time. And I think that that's something good that you bring up because a foreign film did win a few years ago in Parasite. And Tom, how much does that play a little bit of a role into how you bet some of these markets, sort of the narratives that do go along with past winners? So, well, with past winners, I, it, it's tough because you're if you use the analogy of a sporting event, you know, how far back do you, do you go? Um, there are trends in sports where you say, well, I'm going to ignore that trend because there aren't the same players on certain teams or the same coaches for that matter. Um, I think it's kind of the same with the Oscars. 2020 was interesting because a lot of films were delayed. So you saw a lot of independent movies such as Nomadland get nominations and get wins. And I don't know if we'll see that again uh, just because of the year. So I know I'm with Brian on this, but there are a lot of heavyweights this year. So I wouldn't go with past results based on what I'm betting this year. And there are some heavyweight actors and actresses that are up for awards as well. We're going to be hitting those next 
with Brian Ortega along Tom Cunningham right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving on every game? Well, the betting splits page it is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes, so you can see all the changes in the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. You're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well betting splits are another way that VSIN is here to make you a smarter better all year round. So check out today's betting splits for every single game now at VSIN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Great to be rejoined by our very own Brian Ortega. It does a great job here at the network taking a look at all things Oscars. And we've also got Tom Cunningham who does terrific work at RunYourPool.com. And gentlemen, we were talking about it. When it comes to really a lot of the major film categories like best director, best best film, that those are the markets in which it's gotten so juicy on everywhere all at once that it's just not really markets where you're able to make a lot of money. But I'm seeing in terms of best actress slash best actress, both of these are relative two horse races with best actor. It's Brendan Fraser with the whale is currently minus 165 and Kate Blanchett is currently even money on tar with. I know that we were talking about this a little bit earlier. If you're looking for a little bit of value on everything, everywhere, all at once, perhaps best actress is somewhere to take a look at. Tom, how do you view both the best actor and best actress markets? Because at this point, you've got two choices of which you're able to get some relatively good value on. Yeah, and uh, I was fortunate enough. So I, I actually have a ticket on... Um, I basically hedge both markets. So I got plus money um, for Kate Blanchett, plus 110 early in the year, uh, last year actually in 2022. Uh, and then Michelle Yeoh, I got a plus 180. I just thought that she was racking up a lot of precursor awards, which really worried me. And right before the SAG started, it, I just felt that it was necessary to have something on her in case she won a SAG. Her odds were going to flip to minus value. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Uh, so I'm not thrilled about it, but you know, we hedged the best actress market, and so it is what it is. We'll make a profit. It just won't be as much as I would have liked if Kate Blanchett were to win. So I think that this is a tough one to really call. Uh, you got to go with your gut here. Um, it, it's a tight race between Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh. Um, I personally think Michelle Yeoh is going to win. I want Kate Blanchett to win. Uh, I just think she was the best actress of the year, personally. But uh, Michelle Yeoh has all the momentum right now for best actress. And then going to a uh, best actor. Uh, I was actually able to get Austin Butler at near, you know, three plus 300, basically. Um, but Brendan Fraser, he went out and won the SAG. Uh, I watched The Whale finally, and I do think Brendan Fraser was the best actor of the year, even over Austin Butler. Um, and so at minus 165, I, that's probably outside Natu Natu, the most expensive bet I took on the board. Uh, and I was comfortable with it. So if you want to take Brendan Fraser still at minus 165, I think that's fine. Um, if you want to take Austin Butler, plus 120, feel free. But uh, I, I just think Brendan Fraser is the best actor this year. And Brian, how do you gauge these two markets? Because it's a runway between the two candidates in both markets. But at the same time, you're able to get relatively good value on both of the favorites. Right. This, this is probably one of the most exciting races in the past three to five years. 
just that it's so close that it's not just a runaway for who's going to win. They're not just walking up and accepting the award. It's really a dogfight. And really, I'm going to go, I'm, I kind of go against Tom here in terms of who I thought was the better actor between Austin Butler and Brendan Fraser. We're actually talking to these guys in a totally different level than all the other actors. I think Austin Butler's level of difficulty which was much higher because he's playing Elvis, he's playing a real person, which those are also things that are the Academy looks for. Um, and again, it, he won a lot of the precursor awards except the coveted SAG, which definitely points the most to who's going to be best actor. I did sort of dive into the numbers for this as well. Um, typically, in the past 10 years, again, I'm using 10 years as sort of the example, but only two times has an actor ever won the best actor award without winning the SAG for Best Actor, only two times. Uh, that happened, I believe, two years ago, which was during the COVID year, when uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins won over Chadwick Boseman, which was super shocking at the time. And then also, I believe Denzel Washington won the SAG, and I believe, uh, I, I can't remember who won the year that Denzel Washington ended up um, losing at the Oscars. But um, I did also take, just like Tom, at uh, plus 275 earlier in the year, um, Austin Butler to win Best, uh, best Actor, and now that Brendan Fraser is minus 165, um, I'm thinking about hedging the bet on to that particular point. But you know what? I'm going to just sort of gamble and I will take Austin Butler. At, I'll just take Austin Butler in my 275. But, you know, the, the, the odds aren't going to change a lot between now and the, the big night. So I have a couple days to figure it out. But also best picture, just like Tom said, these are far and away the two best actresses that, you know, acted this year. Uh, super surprising that Michelle Yeoh won at the SAGs. I thought that was wild. I think she was also super surprised as well, you can tell in her acceptance speech. But her odds right now are, you know, minus 140. Um, Earlier in the year, I actually got her, I think, around uh, like a minus 125, 130 number, uh, which, you know, was when Kate Blanchett was winning a lot of these awards. I do agree. I think taking Kate Blanchett at plus 100 right now is not a terrible bet to to take. Um, A lot of this sort of, sort of dives into what the Academy wants and what they're looking for. I think they would love Michelle Yeoh to win just because she is, you know, of Asian descent. This would be one of the first best actresses to win um, who is also of Asian descent, which is a huge deal, especially for an Academy that's trying to be more diverse. I think she's still a good bet to take at minus 140 if you're looking to bet into one of these numbers. Um, I do think Michelle Yeoh has all the momentum, just like Tom, and I think she will win. But I'm also cheering for Kate Blanchett because I thought she was (laughs) far and away uh, not far and away, but really the best actress uh, of of this particular category. Yeah, that performance that she gave in Tar, that was absolutely terrific. I do agree with you there. And we've been talking a lot about the major awards with you two gentlemen, but let's go a little bit more off the beaten path. Tom, I think the biggest thing that we want to know, because it's always nice to be able to take a look at best picture, best actor, what have you. What are some of the ancillary awards where there might be still a little bit of plus money to be had that maybe aren't necessarily on the minds of so many of the casual betters, but you see it's still a little bit of value in. Yeah. So I know I brought up best score already for all quiet on the Western front. So I, I mean, I would just start there personally. Uh, if you want to get a little bit more crazy, uh, I think fire of love for best documentary, it's odds have shortened over the last few weeks. It's now plus two fifty. I actually got Navalny at plus 400 uh, months ago. Uh, well, maybe not months ago, but weeks ago. And it's now minus 225 as the favorite. But what you're starting to see is Fire of, of Love uh, slowly climb up the odds board. It actually passed uh, All Beauty and Bloodshed, which opened uh, as the favorite or was most recently the favorite. 
So you're starting to see a lot of movement for Fire of Love for Best Documentary. And here's the other thing with Fire of Love. It's on Disney Plus because it's a National Geographic documentary. So suddenly it becomes very accessible to people who are reviewing these for Best Documentary. You know what wasn't accessible? Uh, all that uh, breeds, all the beauty and bloodshed, House of Splinters. These are other documentaries that Fire of Love is going up against. And it didn't come out. It wasn't accessible really until you know late January. So I do think the accessibility argument that Brian was bringing up with streaming services is actually playing a role here with Fire of Love for Best Documentary. So I hedged that market. Uh, I got two units at plus 400 for Navalny. So I can afford to take Fire of Love at plus 250 and hedge that market, assuming one of those two win. So I look at Fire of Love right now for Best Documentary. If you're looking for some real solid plus value, that might be the way to go. With that said, Navalny is the favorite. Uh, it's climbed to the favorite position, and it's on HBO Max, so people are able to stream it. Maybe not as easily as a Disney Plus documentary, but people are able to stream uh, Navalny on HBO Max. And Brian, the big question to you, too, because I do think that a lot of these sexy markets, a lot of the value has been taken out of it. What might be a little bit more of an off-the-beaten-path market where you still see some value, perhaps a little bit of plus money? Yeah, so um, I was able to find one because it's you know it's hard at this point. Yeah. But um, I do have one for best editing or best film editing, which is Top Gun at one plus one sixty, carrying the torch for all of our most popular mo populist moviegoers. Yes. Um, there it's going off at plus one sixty. The only problem is it is going up against the powerhouse that is Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is at minus. 225. But I think this is a point where the Academy can reward a movie like Top Gun Maverick, um, even though it, I 100% believe it was snubbed in the best cinematography category. Uh, it should have been in there. Empire of Light should have left. I think Tom agrees with me. <laughs> um, but I think this is a, a, a place where you can maybe slide into a plus 160. Obviously, it hard, it's hard to get, you know, big double digit favorites. But this is one that I'll look into is uh, best film editing for Top Gun Maverick. And it's going to be a terrific award ceremony. You guys mentioned it. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Best Actor, Best Actress. Certainly the Best Film category, it does feel like that one's a little bit salted away. But there's going to be a lot of drama when it comes to the Academy Awards. There's going to be a lot of money to be made by you two. Tom, you do great work over at RunYourPool.com. Brian, you do great work here in this very studio with Matt Thank you. Humans <laughs> along with Wes Reynolds. Appreciate both of you guys coming on tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Greg. Always fun to be able to talk with Tom Cunningham along with Brian Ortega. Good to be able to take a look at a little bit of an interesting market as well with the Oscars. Should be very entertaining. And here in the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience coming up next, I give you my DKNH pick for this Wednesday college basketball slate on VSIM, the Sports Bank Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. on VSN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every single game? Well, the betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes with DraftKings odds. So you're able to see all the changes in the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. And you're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well as betting splits Another way that VSIN is here year-round to make you a smarter better. So go to VSIN.com to check out all of today's betting splits for every single game. As we are back here on the Great Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And always great to be joined by our two guests as Tom Cunningham. He does absolutely amazing work over at RunYourPool.com. And we also had aboard Brian Ortega. He actually produces the show just before ours and also a little bit of a heads up here as well that if you're looking to be able to make a little bit more than $10,000 in bonus money, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be as you're able to take a look at things exclusively with the Bet Rivers Squares this basketball season, place a qualifying bet, 
and you get a square on the house. And if the numbers on the square match up with the final score of the game, you win restrictions on qualifying wagers, eligibility bonus, and credit use. Full terms and conditions at BetRiverSquares.com. So we've got you guys all covered there, and we got you guys covered on what is going to be a tremendous day of college basketball on Wednesday as well. Unfortunately, in overtime, Stephen Fawson does not get there, so the DK Nation pick for Tuesday did not come through. At the very least, they took us to overtime. They just couldn't make threes. That just sometimes happens with Stone Cold Steven F. Austin. They were shooting 42% from three-point range away from home. I believe that they went 5-21 of 21 into this game. So just came up a little bit snake eyes. And let's take a look at a team that has been coming up snake eyes all season long when they've been on the road. Ohio State, 679, 680 on the betting board. Ohio State is going to be playing against Wisconsin out there. In the great state of Illinois, Wisconsin, they were a two to two and a half point underdog. Right now, I'm seeing at DraftKings, Ohio State being a one point favorite, but that is with some heavy minus 125 juice. So do be mindful of that. And your total on this game, you're finding it anywhere between 131 and 131 and a half. And 131 and a half is my buy point on the under. You've got an Ohio State team that's been dreadful on defense, and you've got a Wisconsin team that's been dreadful on offense. So it's a good old situation of something's got to give. Ohio State not looking to push tempo. They're right around 250th in terms of total possessions per game. With Wisconsin, they played a lot of overtime. So you've got to take a look at it from a per 40 minutes perspective. With regards to Wisconsin, possessions per 40 minutes. This team is in the bottom 30 in all of college basketball. But the big thing for Ohio State is this team can't hit water if they fell out of a boat away from home. Whoop-de-doo, the fact that Ohio State was able to win a couple of games when they were at home. But... This is a squad that is currently clocking in 3-14 and 14 in their last 17 games, and all those wins have come at home. Last time they gave up fewer than 77 points in a game away, f- or in a game away from home. You have to go back to January. This Ohio State team overall this season, they are 191st in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. They're allowing 16.6 points more per 100 possessions when they leave home. They are 311th in the country in points allowed per possession when they are away from home. You got a Wisconsin team that's a little bit more even. They're giving up more like six points more per one hour possessions when they leave home, which out in the Big Ten where home court advantage is a big stinking deal. That's actually not too bad now with Wisconsin. They do rank right around 225th in the country in terms of points scored on a per possession basis. That has been a little bit less than savory this season, but the good news for this Wisconsin team is they do a nice job of not wasting possessions. They only turn the ball over on 13.2% of possessions when they're away from home. That is the lowest turnover percentage in all of college basketball in Wisconsin. Unlike Ohio State, they've been able to do a good job of performing on defense. They have allowed 63 points or fewer in regulation because they've once again played a bunch of harebrained overtime games in eight out of their last 11 games. And in all 11 of those games, they've given up 68 points or fewer. So, I do think that Wisconsin going to be able to do just enough to be able to get the job done in the circumstance. And a Ohio State team that has not won a game away from home since January 1st, I think that that demise is going to be continuing. Whether or not we get a money line price in the AM is going to be the question. I'm going to be on some form of Wisconsin. I personally am going to be, with my personal bet, taking them outright on the money line, trying to get a little bit of plus money on them because most places have a plus plus two, so... That means I should be able to get probably at the very minimum a plus 105, plus 110 on the money line. So I'm going to be taking a shot there. And with the total 
I set mine at a 131. Most places have a 131. So once we get up north of a 131, I'm seeing a couple 131 and apps populate. That is going to be my buy point on the under. Now let's take a look at a few other conference tournaments. They're going to be getting started up as they have a lot of very fascinating ones. And you've got the SEC tournament starting up with an interim coach trying to lead Mississippi to victory. 693, 694 on the betting board. It is South Carolina. They're going to be playing against Ole Miss. This is going to be a game that's going to be out there in Nashville, Tennessee. Mississippi, Ole Miss, they opened up as a six half point favorite. We're now seeing this number come down to six. And the total on this game is 134 and a half. I completely agree with the line move. I set my line at five and a half. So here at six, it is still a buy for me on South Carolina. As South Carolina, they're going to have the best player out there on the floor. That would be Gigi Jackson. He's been able to supply the team with 15 points, six half boards. He shoots three. He doesn't necessarily shoot it well from three, but he's been able to help out a South Carolina team that has, I mean, for lack of a better term, they've still been giving you a good effort. They're still going out there night in and night out. They're competing. Meanwhile, you've got an Ole Miss team that they can their coach in Kermit Davis a few weeks ago. Now, they've got the most cool interim coaching name ever. Will Win Case. So the word win and then the word case. That is the name of the interim coach for Ole Miss. He has not been on the case of winning thus far, though. So that has not been so terrific for this Ole Miss team. And Ole Miss is just a completely disjointed roster at this point. They brought in a lot of guys via the transfer portal that you would expect to do a good job of being able to hit the glass. You bring in Josh Mbala, you bring in Theo Akwuba, Javius McKinnis, all guys that at their previous stops gave you A-plus rebounds per game. None of these guys are giving you north of four and a half rebounds per game. They have been a complete disaster on the glass, which I have no idea how this happens because Ole Miss also doesn't have any three-point shooting. They shoot 29.7% from three. Now, South Carolina, they're barely shooting above 30% from three-point range themselves. Maybe deal with a little bit of an injury to Chico Carter. He's been in and out of the fold the last few weeks. That has hurt them a little bit. Aiden Brown, he's saying six foot five. God bless him. He tries. He's able to give you about 11.5 rebounds per game. He's just undersized for the SEC, though, so that has been a little bit brutal for this team. But you've also been able to have Michi Johnson be able to give out a little bit over three and a half assists per game at a big effort when the team was able to push Alabama to overtime. And it's a South Carolina team that, in general, they just are in a little bit of better form. South Carolina is a bottom 75 team in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. But take a look at this team. They're 2-3 and three in their last five games. One of those losses was that overtime loss against Alabama. They hold within single digits on the road against Mississippi State. They get completely dump-trucked by Tennessee. Just clearly a bad matchup for them. But they've been able to do a good job there. And the last time these two teams met up, this was with Kermit Davis, still employed by Ole Miss. They won on the road by a count of 64 to 61 as Ole Miss in that game went 6 to 23 for three-point range. I think that they're going to be a little bit warmer with their shooting this time around. But I do think that this Ole Miss team just isn't very good. You just take a look at the backcourt and you've been able to get right around 15 or so points per game out of Matthew Morrell. You've also got Jamin Brakefield who's come on for about 11 points, five and a half rebounds per game. But once again, you bring in a lot of guys via the transfer portal to rebound and you can't rebound. I mean, that's just a big issue right there. So it's a circumstance where I'm going to be willing to take the points with South Carolina. South Carolina certainly has been giving up quite a few points all season long. And I do think that you're going to see a bit of better shooting in this spot from Ole Miss. I did set my total at 135 and ever since the interim coaching regime has taken hold for Ole Miss, the defense has also been going well down the toilet bowl as this bunch has allowed at least 69 points 
and now each out of their last six matchups. Meanwhile, it's also a team that has been able to get past the 70-point plateau in three out of their last four games. So a circumstance where I'm going to be taking a look at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the points here with South Carolina. It did set them as a five-and-a-half-point underdog, and we got a little bit of a pro tip for you on this show as well. Vsin.com slash subscribe. You're able to sort these all by show and by sport. And if you miss anything on the show today in terms of picks for myself, guess what have you, vsin.com slash picks. You're able to get all of them over there. But the Vsin pro tip for today is the World Baseball Classic started up. By the way, I had no idea that Ewan Assessmentis was like still playing baseball. That was very strange to see, to say the least. But when it comes to World Baseball Classic, if you, like me, do not know a lot of these foreign leagues, and I do not blame you there, probably not the time to jump in on bets, but you could still utilize this as a good handicapping opportunity to get set for the MLB season. Scout out a lot of these guys because you've got a lot of top-flight baseball talent that's going up against very, very good other players as well. So you're able to see these guys in a good environment. You're able to see what form these pitchers and hitters are in. I think that is very valuable to be able to take a look there. And it's always valuable to tune in to follow the money. That's at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.